What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Father Son Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Paul. My name is Justin. And if you guys are new, uh, we your father, father Son Fantasy Football. I'm the son. My dad, you heard him. He's Paul. Um, <laughs> we had weekly stuff. We had waiver ads, uh, week review, trade targets, and then we got a start sit episode. So today we had the week to review with uh, Matthew Betts, the fantasy PT on Twitter, uh, third time on the show. So big oh, shout out to him to have on our show is a lot of knowledge right there. Yeah, So the, uh, kind Especially of about the injuries of people. Yeah. We talked about all the injuries that happened and uh, we got a lot of stuff done in today's episode we kind of keep it short. So let's get right into it. Before we get into it, shout out to our sponsor, uh, thequantedge.com. If you're tired of getting crushed by the pros, DFS players and sports betters, listen up. Thequantedge.com, they have the tools you need to play like a pro. Lineup optimizer, injury tool, wide receiver, cornerback matchups, and head-to-head tool. You're going to be armed with everything you need to win. You can make up to 150 lineups in seconds. You can see matchups to exploit. Compare players to help you make the right decision you're on the fence about over at thequantedge.com. You're going to also get exclusive access to the industry experts, articles, podcasts, and the TQE community by participating in the membership chat. So we here at the Father Son Fantasy Football Podcast, we have a special deal for our loyal listeners. So use promo code FSFF at checkout and you get $10 off your first month. So go to thequantedge.com and sign up today. Once again, it's just FSFF. I have a link in the description below. It's uh, four letters. You don't have to capitalize them. You just put it in there. But FSFF is the code. It saves you 10 bucks. Put it in for DraftKings or FanDuel. Win some money. Let us know if you use it too. Uh, tweet me at JustinFSFF and the podcast Twitter's at FatherSonFF. That's right. That's ten dollars in your pocket, right there. Ten dollars in your pocket. So hopefully you guys learn a lot today from this episode and just get some takeaways and hopefully make some trades. So let's get into it, Dad. Let's get into it. All right. And today we are joined by Matthew Betts at the Fantasy PT on Twitter. Third time on the show. What's going on, Matthew? What's up, Matthew? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks again for having me on. Like you said, this is uh, this is the three-peat, so I'm excited to be back, and it's good to see you guys again and talk more football, which is always a great time. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for awesome. We're happy back. to have you on. Yeah. So today, we're doing the same thing we did last week, except for another week has passed by. We're doing a week two review. Going to give the listeners some buy lows, sell highs, and trade targets and whatnot, and then what we thought the takeaways were from each game that happened this Sunday. So a lot of information. We're going to try to get through it quick. So, Dad, before we get to those games, I say we talk about the uh, the news we talked about last episode, but Patriots trading a fifth-round pick for Josh Gordon. Um, what are the odds he turns into Randy Moss, I guess is what people are, the Patriots fans are hoping for. Uh, Best-case scenario, and the worst-case scenario is uh, another cut candidate. So, what's your take on that, Matthew? <laughs> yeah, you mentioned it's it's such a wide range of outcomes. He could literally be... Uh, a league winner this year or it could be out of the nfl in two weeks that's literally the the widest range of outcomes i think possible for any player um i'm excited like everyone else to see what he could do but i'm definitely tempering expectations mostly because of the fact that uh, we know the patriots do run a, a complex system so he's not just going to go in and do everything he can do right away week one the other thing is there's a this mysterious hamstring injury going on which may or may not actually be injured no one really knows what's going on so i'm kind of wait and see mode uh with that the third piece of the puzzle is julian edelman comes back in two weeks so uh, there's a lot of moving parts and pieces i'm tempering expectations and actually if i have him in a league i'm trying to to sell high with this news if i can so he's a guy that i've actually uh just made a trade away right before hopping on the pod with you guys what was that trade let's hear it 
I traded Flash Gordon. This is a 16-team half PPR league. I traded Flash Gordon and Isaiah Crowell for Juju Smith-Schuster. Who is that guy? (laughs) I love that trade right there for you. Who's the guy? Yeah, who's the guy who took that? (laughs) Yeah, he he was desperate for RB help, and fortunately, I I lucked into having Matt Breda, Leonard Fournette, uh, Lamar Miller, all on my team, so I was willing to give up that RB to go get a surefire wide receiver too. Wow. Absolutely. I say we kick it off right then and there. First game we're going to talk Absolutely. about is Kansas City Chiefs, Pittsburgh Steelers. What a shootout that was. Um, oh my gosh. I guess I'll start with the quarterback play. I don't think I've ever seen that many pass attempts in my life by uh, Big Ben. Oh Big God. Ben, I think, has 60 pass attempts. So, yeah, 60 pass, 60 pass attempts, 39 to 60 <laughs> for 452 yards. So, Man, it was just throwing the ball, though. Not a lot of rushing attempts. James Conner only had eight carries. Uh, Steelers playing down a lot. I think the main takeaway Nicholson. here was uh, the fact that Juju Smith-Schuster right had 19 Sunday. targets. For now he play- and for a guy who just got there, for Josh Gordon and friends, 19 targets is insane. I was going to say, that makes me very excited. I didn't realize he got that much volume. Wow. And 19 targets. I was with AB on the field, and yet Bell's not there, but it doesn't look like Bell's coming back anytime soon. So Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean... A guy who people could maybe sell high on. You got him for, I'd say, fairly cheap. 13 catches, 121 yards, and 19 targets. I think he leads the league in red zone targets this year so far. So it's a buy for Juju Smith-Schuster for me. Um, I was high on him in the offseason. I was low on him in the offseason. I was going back and forth, and then I didn't get to have him in any of my leagues. So I'm going to try to trade for him this week if I can, but it doesn't look like it's going to be easy to do that. So props to you right there. What you? No, that was yeah. a good trade. I was actually surprised that he was willing to go for it. And that's something that I'll generally try to do is in a trade. Um, why not aim for the stars, right? Yeah. And just see if that if the owner is, is willing to do it. So yeah, well, the worst they can say no, and then you just hash it out and go back to the drawing board. But fortunately, he said yes, and I got myself a rock-solid wide receiver too. Yeah, you did. Yes, you did. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm still shocked by that. But, hey, I'm jealous, so good for you. And then uh, other side of the ball, Patrick Mahomes. It's just Mahomes season, Dad. What do you guys say about that? Unreal. I mean, the hype. We talked about the hype in preseason. Why was there? I I don't understand why there was so much hype on the guy. Well, now you know. Ten touchdowns in two games. I mean, he's he's unbelievable. I think he threw for over three hundred yards, right? Three thirty. Three twenty six. Oh and only gosh. twenty-eight attempts, twenty-three passing completions, and six touchdowns, no interceptions. That's this guy is He definitely showed off his arm strength. I mean yeah, uh, he throws that ball faster than any quarterback. I think I want to get like the stats on that, but whenever he throws the ball, it looks like he just teleports. Like I don't know, other quarterbacks throw it. It looks like it just lobs, but him, he just zings it. I believe he was also like a baseball recruit. I think that's part of the reason why, like in high school, but he went to play football instead. So, well, yeah, I would I would say he made the right decision. He looks good out there. That's that's for <laughs> sure. Definitely does. I don't think he's turned the ball over over yet either, has he? I don't think he's threw any interceptions or nothing. because no, he's a, no, that's correct. A, so far, two games. He's elite, Dad. All right. I have him. I, I have him in seventy-five percent of leagues. I'm really happy and uh, top top ten for sure. People are probably thinking top five. I think top ten is guaranteed at this point. Uh, he ranks twenty-fifth in. Well, he's got to come. He's got to come down to earth here sooner or later. He can't keep going what he's doing. But what he's doing right now is fantastic. Yeah, he ranks twenty-fifth in pass attempts. So not even the volume is just that efficient right now. And you don't chase efficiency. But if you can sell Mahomes, I'd want to get something back, obviously. But he's a hold for me, obviously. But if you can get something really, really good. The quarterback position is replaceable, but his two-game split right here is not going to keep going. Like He's not going to throw for 64 touchdowns this year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And a great example of this is basically Deshaun Watson of last year. He's, he's kind of setting the league on fire. Can't make any mistakes out there. 
touchdowns, yards, he's got it all. Um, but like you mentioned, I, I definitely agree with you guys. I think he's going to come back down to earth eventually. Uh, in a week four and five, he's got Denver and Jacksonville back to back. So those could be some games that potentially we see his true colors. But I mean, if he if he lights it up against those defenses, then no questions <laughs> asked. Top five quarterback for sure. Uh, absolutely. And the one that's nice. Go ahead, no, right. no, you go ahead, What's up? It's nice to see Kels get on the board too. He had 107 catches for 109 yards and two touchdowns last week. He caught one ball. So it's a nice rebound for him. It's reassuring for sure for people who drafted him in the third, fourth round. So and back on to well, like you said, you said Roethlisberger threw sixty times. You know, and to his defense, that's a lot of throws, but he was down twenty-one or nothing right off the bat. Yeah, I know. I learned early in the week he said that he had a uh, elbow or shoulder injury, and it did kind of look right. like it. Yeah. I don't know if Matthew has any insight on that injury he had, but it, it looked like it was bothering some of his like end zone throws. I think he could have thrown for like seven touchdowns that game if he actually was accurate on some of them, but nothing there yeah there wasn't really too much that came out in the news in terms of uh his actual elbow injury um i think mike tomlin reported it it was like wednesday or thursday of the practice week so it it didn't really show itself until midweek um to be honest i don't know exactly what was going on with him there they mentioned it was minor and there was never really a threat that he was going to sit but as you mentioned you know you could you could visibly see it um that he was affected by it so uh not sure exactly what's going on there but definitely something to monitor moving forward yeah for sure and then uh another takeaway two more takeaways from this game real quick is Tyreek Hill he's got nine targets this game still looks to be targeted by Mahomes didn't break 100 yards but he did have a touchdown and Sammy Watkins is back alive it looks like he had 100 yards and unfortunately did not get one of those six touchdowns when Demarcus Robinson did but it was reassuring for me as a Sammy Watkins truther to see him get back on board and hopefully keep having these games not 100 yards every game at least more targets and more opportunity so that was good for me to see yeah, Connor didn't really do nothing. No. He still had a good week, though, in fantasy. A lot of running backs didn't yeah. rush for a lot of He had the touchdown, so it helped. Yeah. And then another. But he only, he only carried the ball eight times, so. There's that. Anything else you want to add in this game, Matthew? No, I think my biggest takeaway is just the fact that uh, both of these defenses are very exploitable, um, which they've shown their colors for the first two weeks. So if you've got players playing against either the Chiefs or the Steelers, fire him up and uh, and play him with confidence. Yeah, sounds like definitely a plan right there. Um, next game I want to go to is another guy who I love, and my love has been known for this guy for who knows how long, ever since we've been starting to do his podcast, and that's Stefan Diggs. So, Vikings, Green Bay, and Stefan Diggs, like, I mean, the dude's the best. <laughs> Over 100 yards. Uh, he got targets this game, same amount of targets as Adam Thielen. He had nine targets each. Uh, uh, Thielen had more targets, actually. But Stephon Diggs. Yeah, Thielen had 13, 13, targets. 13 targets. They both, they both had 13 targets. Diggs had nine catches, though. 120 yeah. yards, two touchdowns. Thielen with 12, 131, and one. I, I mean, they both look explosive. Kirk Cousins looks to be explosive. And I love the passing offense. I love this whole offense. I'm, I'm, I bought into all this offense this whole offseason. Diggs is keeping up his top 10 pace, and I hope he finishes top 10. And Thielen, people were kind of fading him towards the later part of the offseason, but he's proven to be a nice value if you got him waiting in the third round or early fourth round so far. So. Right, Dad? Right. <laughs> now, what about Dalvin Cook? I know he said he had a hamstring cramp later in the game. He only had 38 yards rushing, but that doesn't really concern me because a lot of guys did not have many rushing yards this, this week. Yeah, and that's, that's one thing that um, some of these guys coming off of an ACL surgery definitely are more likely to have a soft tissue injury um, when they come back onto the field, such as you know hamstring strains, quad strains, calf strains, that kind of stuff. 
Uh, fortunately for, for Cook, it's looking like it's just cramping, so there's not really anything to read into too much here. Um, I would have loved to see him come back into the game to really make me not concerned at all, but definitely something to monitor. The Vikings aren't saying it's anything serious, so uh, I don't think he's in danger of missing any time uh, for the foreseeable future. That's a good sign. Uh, what about on the other side of the ball with Aaron Rodgers with a sprained knee? Yeah, Rodgers does what Rodgers does, man. I mean, the guy, I think uh, Mike Zimmer said it, he walks on water. Um, you you could see visibly that thick, heavy brace that they had on the knee um, to protect it. And, and it's actually designed to keep the knee in a little bit of a flex position so that you can't fully extend it. And the reason is, in that extended position, the MCL, uh, the ligament on the inside of the knee, gets stressed more than when it's bent a little bit. So they kind of did that as a protective mechanism. Um, but even for a guy who was moving on one and a half legs, he looked <laughs> good out there moving around and even ran for a couple of first downs, which I was shocked to see. Uh, I think the thing that you'll you'll notice moving forward for as long as this injury lingers um, is the fact that he's going to play a lot more from the shotgun to limit the ability for him to drop back and then the need to do that. So uh, the offense is going to change to meet what Rodgers can do. Um, but clearly in this game, it showed that it didn't slow down at all, which is great for owners of you know, the running back core and, and all those pass catchers in Green Bay. So uh, no concerns from a, from a fantasy perspective there. Oh, he looks good in a shotgun. Yeah, keep rolling him out for sure. He, does. he looks just natural. Quick passes. Yep. You know, Randall Cobb benefits from that. Um, the, the running backs, I think, will benefit from that when they try to protect him a little bit more moving forward with some quick hitters and, and running games. So uh, definitely something to keep an eye on there. Yeah, Cobb had four catches for 30 yards and six targets. So that's, that's a typical Cobb game. He's going to have those like boom-bust games. doesn't really look like, look like, or I guess when you read his name, feel like a boom-bust player, but I feel like he's in that category now where touchdowns dependent almost. But Jerome Allison, I think he's still like a good guy to get in the waiver wire, but it's also they face Minnesota, arguably top five defense in the league right now, so nothing you can really do about that. I would say that Jamal Williams is awful, and Aaron Jones is coming back this week, so if you want to try to buy low on Aaron Jones, this may be your last chance right here. Yeah, I think they're going to get better with Aaron Jones coming back. Yeah. Yeah, what do you guys see shaking out there? Do you think Jones steps in right away and gets the start, or is it going to take a couple of weeks for him to kind of get acclimated and take the control of the backfield? Yeah, the problem there with me is that Mike McCarthy's the coach. I think I think any other coach would just put Aaron Jones in and give him the workload, but Mike McCarthy is known not to love Aaron Jones. But I feel like with how bad Williams has been the past two weeks, I think he's got to give him at least the first shot at it and see how he does. So I'm hopeful for Jones. I wouldn't start him this coming week, but i definitely try to get him on your bench and not give up too much to get him. I think they're going to use him a lot this week. They have to. You do you think? I think they have to. What, what Jamal Williams has been doing, so they got to put him in there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jamal Williams has definitely not done anything to basically take control of that backfield. I will say if there is one thing keeping uh, Williams on the field, it's the fact that he is the better pass protector of the two backs. Uh, not that Jones isn't good at it, but he's just a little bit um, a little bit better than Jones Williams is. And with Rodgers banged up and dealing with this injury, they might keep him on the field a little more to help to mitigate the pass rush, especially of the Vikings, which, as we know, like you mentioned, Justin, is uh, is top five. So uh, I, I hope it happens, but I think I'm with you guys and Justin with you that Jones will take a couple of weeks to actually come to fruition. Yeah, I mean, uh, apparently all offseason, Jones was bulking up to get better pass protection, but we don't know if that was the PEDs or not. So I guess we'll have to see how he looks when he comes back. <laughs> and before we go on to the next game, Dad, I'll let you have your moment real quick about Jimmy Graham. 
Go for it. You know, listen, you guys, everyone who listens to our podcast knows my love for Jimmy Graham. What a disappointment in week one. This week, he caught six balls for 95 yards. When he had that touchdown, I I couldn't get my phone out fast enough to text you that there's one of the 10 I said, and then, nope, holding on the offense, called it back. So he could have had a a really good game if he had that touchdown, but he still could have had over 100 yards. He had eight targets, so it looked promising for him. I think it was all because of game script, and I don't think he's ever going to have a game over 80 yards ever again this season i'm not i'm not really concerned about that when i when i said he'd have 10 or more touchdowns i'm i mean i'm a little behind right now but one was taken away i could like i said i I was trying to text you so fast and then good thing i didn't get it out before they called that holding call (laughs) yeah i mean i don't like seeing ties ties aren't fun that game ended in a tie so uh another game ended in a tie last week was the brown Steelers game but the browns faced the saints this week and looked to get a win they were close but they, uh, they didn't manage to get that. I don't know what the Browns' offense is running. Um, Tyrod only attempted 30 passes. I feel like Hugh Jackson, whenever they get a lead, they just want to run the ball. Landry, I was hoping to see at least 15 targets now that Josh Gordon's gone, but he only got seven. So I don't know what's happening there. But other than that, I think Landry just keep holding the hand. I think he's going to have more target share this Thursday night against the Jets, and I like Landry as a the, player. The biggest thing from this game is the Browns, Kick yourself in a foot again. Their kicker missed two extra points, including one with just over a minute left in the game. That would have broken a tie. Then he missed a 44-yard field goal early in the fourth quarter and a 52-yarder that could have forced overtime. So they had their chances to win, but it wasn't a good day for the Cleveland kicker. They could be 2-0 right now. That's, that's the crazy thing I think about. Uh, but they're not. Yeah, and that's that's the unfortunate thing, too, is the, the Browns franchise and the Browns fans have been so excited about getting these wins and uh they're just so close and it's not happening i will say with each loss the possibility of baker mayfield stepping on the field grows so i've been a tyrod taylor truther for a while um i've been excited to see what he can do with this offense i think losing flash gordon is going to hurt him moving forward obviously um but if they can't string together some wings here wins here excuse me it's going to be a shortened season for tyrod and, and baker will be on the field sooner than later yeah yeah i agree with you i agree uh, Antonio. They're not gonna take. I mean, they're not gonna take a couple more losses before they make that switch. Yeah, true. They had the Jets this week though, so Jets could be a win this week. Uh, Antonio Callaway. You saw him have a hail mary touchdown catch, but he's still gonna be blocked by Jarvis Landry in this offense. It doesn't have a lot of passing volume. I think Landry's gonna start commanding more targets because they probably do his weekly speech or something like that to get more. But we'll, we'll have to see about that. But on the Saints side of the ball, uh, a guy who I was really high on, I had over Hopkins in the offseason, Michael Thomas. Oh, this guy is just eating. Um, not yes. much to say about that. I mean, keep rolling him. If you can trade for him, I would not trade him away. I'd keep him for 100%. Like, don't try to trade him away. But if you can try to get him for some reason, say you have like a Atlanta Falcons fan or a Panthers or Bucks fan in your league that doesn't like the Saints and has him, try to get him. I mean, I, I definitely buy high on him and see what you can get. But odds are owners are not giving him up after that week. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, like you mentioned, you had him a bit above uh, DeAndre Hopkins, which I think is, is a little spicy. I like it, though. It's definitely coming uh, to fruition so here. The guy, the guy is just predictable and reliable. He gives you those nice, safe weeks, just like he had this past, this past weekend, where it didn't look great, but then he found the end zone and it turns around. And then he's also got these boom weeks where he goes off for you know 150 and, and two. So he's got the whole gamut of what you need from your receiver. Um, I love him. I think that 
there's a legitimate chance he could finish as the number one overall wide receiver in fantasy at the end of the year. Yeah, for sure. Um, Alvin Kamara didn't do anything special, but he still had 19 PPR points for you. So you still roll him out compared to what every other running back's doing there. Uh, any other takeaways for this guy's game? Anyone you want to mention, Dad or Mike, Matthew? No, I, I think the Saints running game is going to, uh, when Ingram comes back, it's going to pick up because Kamara did most of his damage as a receiver again for the second game in a row. So I think when Ingram comes back, so he'll be their main runner. Yeah. I... Yeah, for sure. And, and one thing that I think too could, we could see from the Browns potentially, and I know that some people were kind of calling for this before the game started, was potentially a Duke Johnson resurgence. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't happen in this game. He didn't get really used that much, but they did just lose Josh Gordon and they don't really have a much in the passing game outside of Jarvis Landry. We know that that's where Duke Johnson does his damage. So, I potentially be looking to see if I can grab him if he's on free agency as a stash and see what happens. Um, definitely not playing him anytime soon, but if he does turn things around and become a reliable option for that team, um, he could be a a nice play, especially in deeper leagues and in PPR formats. Yeah, for sure. Um, another pass catching running back who I want to talk about real quick who didn't do that well this week was Deion Lewis. Uh, Titans went off against the Houston Texans here. Still does not look so good for Deshaun Watson, whoever bought into him early on. We uh, He had 300 yards, but it's not what you're trying to get out of your third or fourth round draft picks. So um, nothing too promising there. Hopkins still got targets. Will Fuller got targets in his first game back. He had nine targets and turned it into 100 plus yards. So his splits with Deshaun Watson in the game still look to be really good. So I think Will Fuller is a good buy low. Um, yes, he's going to be boom bust, but put him in your flex spot or even your wide receiver two if you have stacked enough running backs, then I think that's not a bad player to keep rolling out each week. Uh, as long as Gabbard fills in, no one's safe on the Tennessee offense. Uh, Matthew, what do you think about Mariota and his injury? Yeah, so Mariota got hit uh, in week one directly on the elbow. He basically got hit like right behind kind of the inside bone that sticks out of your elbow. And there's a nerve that runs through that little groove that sits there. It's called your ulnar nerve. Um, and it's basically what happens when you, you know, you hit your funny bone and you have those kind of like zingers or tingling into your hand. Uh, that's basically what happened to Mariota, but it was a much larger degree. So essentially it's a, a nerve contusion, um, which takes anywhere from a week to two-ish weeks or so to heal. Um, he mentioned before the game that he wasn't really able to fully grip the ball and, and throw it the way he wanted to. So he was dressed more as a precautionary kind of emergency backup role, but wasn't really able to perform the way that he should, which is why we saw Blaine Gabbert play. Um, he is expected to be back, though, for, for week three. Um, if you have him, this is not likely to have an injury that's going to linger throughout the year. So um, if that's a concern, it should not be for you at all. I expect him back at full strength uh, this week. Yeah, I know why my dad asked that. Good luck outbidding me on that, Dad. So, um, <laughs> in our, yeah, I can't believe that the one guy in our our, our league dropped. Yeah, that's him. Bart. Um, Bart, thank you for dropping him into our two quarterback league and free agency. It's your him or Josh Allen, and I'm I'm telling you, I'm gonna by the time you're listening to this Wait, podcast, I'm gonna. Wait have, a minute, this guy got this guy dropped him in a two quarterback. Dropped him in a super flex yeah. league, yes. So oh, guess guess no. who's putting in almost all their budget, Dad? Hi. You better you better put it all in. <laughs> I don't mind putting it all in. That's crazy, man. Hey, I'll take it when I can. So uh, Mario looks fine. We have the inside scoop from Matthew before they get to hear this episode. So I'm just laughing at it. I don't understand <laughs> that drop. I don't understand that drop though. I I don't. In a two quarterback league, some teams don't even have three quarterbacks. That's me. And there's no one left, and he <laughs> he drops him. Thank you. I, I, I don't understand. I'm, I'm putting in a hundred. I'm not. 
You better, you better, because someone else is gonna grab him. I don't have a hundred dollars to give. I do, so, but I'll be put, just I'll curious. Be, who did he? Who did he drop? I mean, who did he get to to drop? Want to hear it? <laughs> Sam Bradford. What? Yeah, this is a guy who knows his stuff too. Like I'll give Man. it. Like yeah, he know he's a good. He he know he knows his stuff. I, I don't I don't yeah. understand. Um, but regardless, another guy I'm buying into is uh Corey Davis. This guy has had 35 percent target share each game so far. So right now he hasn't really done much with the targets, but with volume you're gonna expect someone to do well eventually. So he's a guy I am 100 percent trying to get off uh, on any team that wants to get rid of him I'm gonna send offers out there a little bit of low ball offers and then try to raise it up as it goes on and I'm gonna probably acquire him this week dad in that league where I don't have him I'm letting you know that too I'll get him it's on my team okay it's gonna happen oh you better put all your cash in <laughs> you're gonna be out of money I have money you better get it all now week three <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Derrick Henry still doesn't look that good. Um, looked better this game, I would say that. Uh, he had 10 carries, 18 carries for 56 yards. But you're looking at this, you're like, 56 yards, that's awful. But in reality, only three running backs this week had over 100 yards. One of them was Philip Lindsay. One was Tevin Coleman. And then the other one I'm going blank on. I don't know if anyone else knows it. Not off the top of my head, I don't. No, maybe. I figured. No, neither the running back. Him or Lewis. Oh, uh, Matt Breida. Matt Breida. So... No top running backs really doing much. So 56 yards in a vacuum looks bad, but in perspective, it's not awful. Um, yeah. I mean, by Will Fuller, hold Hopkins. Hopkins looks to still be getting targets, so that's good. And then Lamar Miller, not a lot of targets. He's at two each game, but he, he has been getting some carries each game, 20 and 14. So he's a good hold for me. If you got him in anywhere past the fifth round, he's getting some consistent volume, and hopefully touchdowns will come against the Giants this week, who I don't want to talk about that game. But... I regress. Uh, next team we're going to talk about is the Eagles versus the Bucks. Um, Dad, I'll let you take it away from there. You should just go for it. How about Conor McGregor? <laughs> oh my man, what was he doing? That was amazing, <laughs> wasn't it? Though his press conference was unbelievable with, with the Sean Watson over there. Can I have my That's stuff? Sean Jackson. <laughs> then they asked him, "Is any is anything that you have on yours?" He goes, "Yeah, the, the chest hair." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. He's a legend. I mean, look what he's done again. He threw for over 400 yards again. I mean, he's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean. And now, so people are saying what they're saying now is, Jameis who? You can't. If Fitzpatrick keep do, keeps doing this, you can't start Winston. Yeah. They got to keep him in there. I mean, he's he's resurging his team. I mean, he's had back-to-back weeks that were fantastic. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. insane. I, I didn't expect to see that coming out of nowhere. I mean, what, the third play of the game, he threw that long bomb to Deshaun Jackson. First play of the game. Oh, was it the first? Yeah, first play of the game. I uh, my friend was asking me who we should start. It was Deshaun Jackson or Cole Beasley. I told him Deshaun Jackson, but he got roster locked, so he couldn't switch it in time. So um, I texted him. I'm like, "There's gonna be a 75 yard touchdown first play of the game to Deshaun Jackson." The next thing you know, I get a FaceTime call. Like 10 seconds later, he's just so mad. I'm like, "What are you talking about? What happened?" He's like, "Deshaun Jackson's 75 yard touchdown." I'm like, "No, nah, I was just kidding about that." Then I look up on the screen in the red zone. And I see Deshaun Jackson first play of the game, 75 yard touchdown. So here at the Fireside Fantasy Football Podcast, we predict the future. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, man. That's all. You, that's all you got to say. Lock it in. <laughs> like, I picked. Him, I picked him up and started him in my Yahoo league. He was on waivers in a ten-team league. Yeah. So he had four targets, though. Uh, I don't like that at all. But he's going to have those boom bust weeks. So no. is he a sell for you or a hold for you, Matthew? Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson. Yes. Uh, I would probably. 
sell him if the if an owner is excited enough to to trade for him. Yeah. I've never been a Djax fan, despite the fact that he has played for my Philadelphia Eagles. Um, like you mentioned, Justin, it's just those boom bust weeks that, as a as an owner, I like the consistency that I get from my players. So. Uh, if someone's coming asking for him, I'm definitely willing to sell. Yeah, um, you probably get a decent value for him, maybe for a buy low target. Chris Godwin saw six targets. Mike Evans saw 12. So Evans, people were doubting him in the offseason. I was one of those doubters, but he's been one of the three wide receivers to have back-to-back wide receiver one weeks, along with Deshaun Jackson and Juju Smith-Schuster. So not a lot of guys can say that, but he looks to keep going. The running back situation, I, I, I don't get it. Peyton Barber, he's a good buy low target, I think, in my opinion, because he's still getting the volume. He's just not getting the numbers. But he did face the Saints, who are a good defense, who didn't perform well against the pass week one, and then the Eagles, who are arguably top five rush defense. So I think that Peyton Barber, you can probably get him really cheap right now, offering your wide receiver three or wide receiver four for him, and if you need running back help. So that's, that's a buy low. And then uh, Jay Ajayi got injured. He did come back in. So uh, any concern there for you, Matthew, or no, as an Eagles fan and a fantasy owner? Possibly. Yeah, unfortunately, this is just what JJ does and what JJ is. Um, he's off the field and he's on the field back and forth a bunch. Uh, in this game, he only played two snaps in the first half. Uh, like you mentioned, he was kind of out with that back injury. Fortunately, he did come back in, in the second half and, and found the end zone. So fantasy owners weren't too unhappy with him. Um, but actually, news broke today. Uh, I think it was NBC Philadelphia reported it that they wouldn't be shocked to see JJ sit in week three. So potentially this could be a bigger injury than what we originally thought. Uh, not sure exactly what's going on here specifics, but as with, with each week, it seems JJ is going to be uh, a guy whose practice reports you're going to want to monitor throughout the week. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I heard that rumor too that he wasn't going to play in week three. Yeah, um, looks like Carson Wentz is back for week three, a little rushed, I guess, but they're not happy with that loss against Tampa Bay. So I guess... They really care about the season more than their long future. But, well, hopefully he doesn't get sacked a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and as a, a, an Eagles fan, I am upset about this decision. I, I think that they should keep him out for a little while longer. Um, we know that the retail rates for ACLs are much lower. As, as you get closer to that one-year mark, the risk goes down. Um, and he's still coming in just before that nine-month mark. So he's, he's well ahead, especially for a multi-ligament injury so uh as a fantasy owner obviously i'm excited to see him on the field but long term i think that this is probably not the best decision for the the face of the franchise yeah i i'm with you there as a fantasy fan and eagles hater i, I wish they could just keep him out just so he can have a prolonged <laughs> career uh, hopefully it doesn't hurt him hopefully he doesn't get re-injured i wish the best for him uh, a guy who on eagles who i was on off season nelson Aguilar, 12 targets again eight catches 88 yards and a touchdown He's looking to still get targets as long as Jeffrey's out, and hopefully he keeps getting targets when Jeffrey comes back. Ertz had 13 targets, 11 catches for 94 yards, another good outing. Didn't get a touchdown, but still, we'll take the targets and the yards there. Any other takeaways from this game? Have many of you two? Or... I think uh, one takeaway just to kind of touch on with the Eagles receiving corps is they lost Mike Wallace. So uh, they are going to be needing a wide receiver to sign with them shortly. I just saw news surface that Jordan Matthews is actually going to be um, getting an MRI, and if he passes that MRI in the physical, he will be signing a contract with the Eagles. So, oh, wow, back uh, on the team. Not sure what that wow. does for Nelson Aguilar, who, as we know, has been the slot guy for this team the last two years. And Previously, we saw him struggle when he's moved to the outside. So 
Um, I hope that Jordan Matthews does not come in there and take any slot work from Aguilar because, like you mentioned, Justin, he has looked great uh, through two weeks. Yes, he has. Um, so the opposite of great is bad, and this next game we're going to talk about is just bad. It's Miami versus the Jets. Uh, Kenny Stills, three targets. Albert Wilson, two targets. Five targets. And then uh, Amendola, four. I don't understand. This, this game all around, I mean, Tannehill somehow looked good. But uh, the well, good as in 17 completions for 23 attempts, only 168 yards and two touchdowns. But no picks for him, so that's big. Kenny and Drake looked to finally out-touch Frank Gore. But uh, any other takeaway from the Miami side of the ball? Any of you two or? No. Uh, Kenny and Drake, I think, is a good buy target maybe. Uh, looks like maybe pulling away from Frank Gore. But other than that, I think stills, if you can sell him, I wouldn't sell him. But unless someone gives you a good offer. But after that week, you're probably not going to get a good offer for him. What's going on with Parker, Matthew? Yeah, he's still coming off of uh, surgery for a broken finger. Uh, not sure exactly when he's going to be back. He's been saying that he's vocal, that he's feeling confident that he'll be ready to go um, and that he's been ready to go for the last couple of weeks. Obviously, that's a, that's a coach's decision and a medical team decision, though. Um, as of two weeks ago, head coach uh, Adam Gase was saying that he still couldn't catch a ball. Not sure if that was a jab at him or saying that medically he couldn't catch the ball. Uh, but we're going to have to wait and see. He practiced more last week, so I would be surprised if he sat more than another week or two at most. So he should be out there um, within the next two weeks. Dad? <laughs> no, that'll be good for them. I was just wondering because they said he was going to start last game and then I, uh, with, with an hour to go, they, they said he was out. Yeah. So I know he's got that finger problem, but. Yeah, so other side of the ball, wide receivers for the Jets. Anuma, 11 targets again. Keeps getting targeted by Sam Darnold. Seven catches. Sam Darnold missed him open in the end zone on one play, but it's all right. We'll let that one slide. He's a rookie, so I'm buying Anuma still. If someone's trying to sell him for any reason at all. Uh, maybe because he didn't get a touchdown and trying to sell him. Uh, Bilal. He is a rookie, and I think that hurts Robbie Anderson's value, too, because he hasn't really done nothing the first two games. No, Robbie Anderson doesn't get targets. I'm glad I sold him when I could um, for that first game. So it looks like it's the Anuma show. And that's really it in this offense. Pryor did have eight targets, though. Uh, and you just traded away Crowell, which I think was good because it looks like Bilal Powell was out-snapping him. And so that's, again. I'm... Yeah, but that backfield is uh, it's a timeshare, really, with Crowell being the runner and Powell being the receiver. So I think game, game strip will dictate uh, on a weekly basis who's better than the other. Yeah, for sure. I would agree with that. Um, and I tend to prefer the, the pass catcher of the two if there is yeah. a timeshare. Uh, the thing that I think is interesting is the fact that Powell's been coming out first onto the field when when the team starts. So um, that's a good sign in terms of whether or not he's going to be the back to own. I definitely prefer Powell over Crowell, especially in any sort of PPR yeah, format. Too. Only six yards yes, rushing, which is bad. But like you said, pass right. catch targets are more valuable than rushes. So we'll take the uh, rush attempts over that. Next game we're going to talk about is Carolina-Atlanta. Uh, one of the three 100 plus yard rushers is Tevin Coleman. He looked good. Um, he had what was it, 16 carries for 107 yards. So that's always good to see. And I think if you're in Dynasty, uh, your chance to acquire him is probably over because now people are realizing, oh, he's actually good and he's going to be a free agent. So there goes <laughs> that window. But uh, Edo Smith had nine carries for 46 yards. Nothing big for Julio, but Matt Ryan did have a good game. I was a little surprised yes, to see that, but. Maybe Matt. He was, 20, he was 23 at 28 for 
280 yards, uh, two touchdowns, one interception. But he, the big thing is he had zero sacks. Wow, I don't know. There's zero sacks for him. That's always good. And, uh, right. Julio, are you concerned at all for Julio, Matthew? Or you, like people, I don't know why they panic, but uh, I'm not panicking for Julio. No, yeah. definitely not. I mean, Julio is Julio. Um, you know, five for 64 doesn't really kill you. Obviously, it's not what you want out of your wide receiver one. But uh, certainly, as he showed in week one, he's going to have those games where he can take over and win you the week. So I'm fine if, if one of these types of games kind of gets sprinkled in every three or four games. Um, not a concern for me at all. Yeah, for sure. Um, like another guy who got targets and is on pace to break the running back reception record is Christian McCaffrey. 15 targets, 14 catches for 102 yards. That alone just gives you like a top five wide receiver week, basically. And then you add in his little bit of rushing attempts he had, which uh, are better than none. So I think he had like, was it, uh, eight carries for 37 yards. Not awful. Um, He was top 20 on the week for rushing, so that's always a good sign. Top 30. There you go. So not a lot of rushing, and that's not awful, but the receiving work is a really big key in PBR. Uh, that that right there is 24 points off the catches and t- uh, yards, so that's a good sign. Devin Funches got nine targets, so he's a good buy low. He didn't really do much this week, but he still had, he's going to get like nine targets every game since Olsen's out. Uh, he, he continues to lead that wide receiver core. I was high on DJ Moore in uh, preseason, but I mean, he, he had like 23 points in PPR, but he only had that one catch for a 51-yard touchdown. He did most of his work after the catch, but he's still not getting targeted enough, so I don't, I don't know what to do with him. Yeah, I was I was high on more as well. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's just going to take a little time for for him to be able to become the the alpha there. I don't really see Funches as a true wide receiver one in this league. Um, from a redraft perspective, definitely like him this year, as we saw last year when Olsen went down, his target share increased um, and almost doubled. I think he averaged about four with Olsen in the in the lineup and just over eight with Olsen out of the lineup. So. Um, I do like him as well, Justin, as a buy low for redraft. For Dynasty, I'm selling at any point. I can get. <laughs> it sounds good. Jerry is right. Got some work, but it could just be a one-week thing. But he's with for like a $3 bid. I mean, if you are, he's already gone. But maybe try to acquire him for one of your bench players just to see. But it's more of a, the guy got him, good for him. But I didn't really expect much to keep going forward. Next game I want to talk about here is going to be the Chargers versus the Bills. Uh, Bills are still bad. Um you know, the only thing the only thing to say about this game is the Bills remain arguably the favorites to land a number one pick in next year's draft. <laughs> yeah, that is just I mean they're miserable. Josh watch. Allen's arm strength's too strong. You can't hit you can't hit the targets. So just keeps oh, over. They look really bad. The offensive line is terrible, everything. Yeah. So, uh, one thing I will say. And you got was that who was that? Vontae Davis retired at yeah, halftime. Vontae Davis retired at halftime. He did tweet out before that it's like week uh one week. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't joking. Uh, oh my gosh. That I mean that just says it all right there. Poor Bill Stevens. in his car. I, I don't that's crazy. <laughs> at halftime. At halftime. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Other side of the ball though, Rivers looks good, he continues to look good. Uh Eckler and Gordon looks to be the this year's Ingram and Kamara. I can see Eckler being this year's Kareem Hunt. It's possible. Him or Matt Breida, who we're going to talk about in a second. But Melvin Gordon, only nine carries, 28 yards, not a lot. But he had three touchdowns through the air and ground combined. Uh, him alone, he's already a top 10 wide receiver with his receiving stats. Um, I did not see this receiving workload coming. I know they mentioned the offseason giving him increased uh, targets, but I didn't expect this much. 
No, and, and like you, you touched on Eckler, he's demonstrating his value in this backfield, that's for sure. And then Matthew, you had him as your number three running back before the season, right? Was that? Yeah. I did, yes. Melvin Gordon was my RB3 heading into the start yeah, of the season. Good call on that. Looks good so far. I had him number five. So I'm close, but not as close as you. It looks like he's going to be argue. He could be the number one running back behind or two behind Gurley. Gurley looks to be a non-bust so far, which is a little surprising for me. But the Rams offense still looks good. And the Rams this week, they faced against the Cardinals, who we're going to talk about. After we talk about the Rams, the Cardinals just look awful. It could be worse than the Bills. I don't know. I want to see that matchup. But uh, Todd Gurley. Okay, I don't think you could pay me enough to watch that nah. game. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be, be bad. So here's the guy Bart traded for Sam Bradford. He had 90 yards, 90 yards total for Not the game. Yet. So that was a that was a good drop on. Fitzgerald had a hamstring injury. Uh, there's reason for concern because we we uh, soft tissue injuries linger. Are you concerned? How concerned are you about Fitzgerald though? I don't know if age is a factor in this whole hamstring pull thing. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely getting up there in age. Is it's not really for me? It's not really a huge factor. I mean, we always talk about these guys with relative age, where uh, obviously guys that are kind of in their mid thirties, we say are quote unquote old, but I mean, they're still young, healthy, <laughs> healthy freaks of nature. Honestly, um, certainly it's it's a risk higher than someone else who's a little y- younger, but it's not a huge risk. Um, I will say, and I think I actually mentioned this on your guys' pod when I guessed it before that I was. Very excited for Larry Fitzgerald. I thought that he was going to be a lock. I was willing to take him as my wide receiver one if I went RB early. Um, that's a swing and a miss for, so for me, man. Uh, the team, the team, yeah, so far. The team does not look like they're going to be doing much of anything offensively, um, and they just can't get it figured out. But as far as the hamstring for Fitzgerald, they're saying it's not serious, and he is expected to play in week three, so he should be out there. Uh, this Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I hope he's okay because I was high on him too in the offseason. It's been two weeks. Uh, another guy disappointed, David Johnson. What's going on there? Uh, and the one, like, I'll, I'll beat it up the glass half full kind of guy. It's only been two weeks. Um, they faced the Rams, good defense. And then week one against the Redskins, who apparently have a good defense out of nowhere. But not, I mean, so there's that. And then he's got an 18% target trade this year. And during his uh, 2016 season where he went off, he had 19%. So that's not really changed that much. Uh, the big thing is the air yards. He hasn't had a lot of air yards. And his average depth of target is just awful. Pace of, oh, he caught one, one pass for three pace yards. Pace of play for this Cardinals team is so bad. I found it's only about two weeks. But they ran, uh, they had 94 plays ran total between two games and that's 13 fewer than the second lowest which is the Cowboys so that's how they're not just, they're just not running plays their offense just looks awful um Bruce Arians had more of an impact than I imagined so so that's what it looks like so far but uh, Johnson's a hold for me or a buy low if you can get him for like your third round pick maybe yeah for sure I would definitely be willing to go out and try to trade for him um they've come out and, and been vocal and Steve Wilkes has said their head coach that They've got to get him more involved in the passing game and that he will be lining up more in the slot moving forward, which that's the part of the reason that DJ was DJ in 2016 when he was the RB1 overall is the fact that he was catching so many passes um, and scoring so many touchdowns. So I agree with you. Bruce Arians um, underrated, I think, in terms of his offensive mind and, and his ability to get playmakers in space. So hopefully they can get it turned around. If you can get DJ on the cheap, absolutely go do it. Um, but I'm not panicking just yet. I think if it happens for another week or two, then I'm yeah, definitely after, after the panic four button. weeks is the panic button for me. Uh, two weeks, hopefully people overreact because if someone has David Johnson, they could be one and one or zero oh and two. If they're two and zero, oh, then they just got lucky, I believe, because 
I mean, it all depends on who you're facing that week. So, I mean, hopefully you're trying to sell quick, but if not, it's fine. Uh, Rams had a ball. Brandon Cooks, I originally thought he was going to be using like the Sammy Watkins kind of go route guy and just take pressure off the other receivers, but it looks like he's getting a significant target share, which I did not expect in the beginning. Got nine targets this past game. So, I mean, he put over 100 yards. He always gets those pass interference calls, but he's a good hold. I, I mean, if you got him, I guess, fifth round, then you're happy for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I would totally agree with that. Um, he has surprised me as well. I'll admit I was definitely excited to see him in this offense, and I think the question that we were all concerned about is whether or not this offense could truly support three wide receivers, as we saw. Uh, it didn't really happen last year, but they've got – three great wide receivers in Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, and, and Robert Woods. Um, and the target share is pretty evenly distributed amongst those three. So you might have a week or two where one guy kind of goes off and the other two take a little bit of a backseat. But overall, I mean, if you've got them, I'm happy to start them every single week. Yeah. Yep, you could start anywhere in them three. Yeah, Robert Woods, I think, is a great buy-low target right now. He hasn't really done much with the targets he's had, but he's had at least uh, good enough targets each game. And Cooper Cup looks to continue to get used in the red zone. He caught all six of his targets there. Uh, Tiger looks good. Jared Goff looks good, but looks like the two defenses they faced, the uh, Raiders and the Cardinals, weren't the best. So I, w- I want to see how he plays against some better defenses moving forward. Uh, next game we're going to talk about today is the Detroit Lions versus the 49ers. Kenny Galladay, I think, is the main target here. He looks to still be getting a steady amount of targets each game so far. So he's if you got him late, if you were a truther, which I was off of him this year because I thought Marvin Jones was going to block him, but it looks like he has overtaken Marvin Jones there. Yes, yeah. No? Uh, yeah, look, with this wide receiver core, they really don't have any options at tight end. So I think all three of these guys are valuable in that offense. Uh, Marvin Jones, the first game, he did miss a couple passes that were overthrown to him where he could have got a touchdown or two. And I, I, I'm still not worried about Marvin Jones. Like I said, I think all three of these guys got value in this offense. And, and Matt, Matthew Stafford finally came back to life after his miserable first, first week game where um, he threw for 347 yards, three touchdowns, and most importantly, no interceptions. He threw the ball a lot too, like 50-plus uh, times, I think. Yeah, the thing that I like most about this – this uh this Lions offense is kind of like you mentioned, Paul. The tight end position there doesn't really exist. Luke Wilson hasn't been what people thought he might be. Um, so Kenny Galladay is essentially filling in as that kind of extra wide receiver, that extra pass catching option. So I think all three are definitely viable options moving forward. Um, and as we've seen year after year after year, they cannot run the ball, and their defense is so bad that they have to pass it so much. So um, if you've got a Lions pass catcher. You were happy. Yeah. Hopefully, I start using Carry on Johnson more. He did look decent with his work that he did get. So, um, I'm not too concerned there. Carry on Johnson had eight carries, 43 yards. Bunt looked pretty good before he got ejected. I don't really know what happened there. Other side of the ball. Uh, he was sticking up for his quarterback. Yeah, I, mean, I, yeah, I didn't get to watch that. But, uh, other side of the ball, San Fran. I mean, Dante Pettis' week did not happen. He had two targets. Uh, not much happened in his passing offense, to be honest with you. Uh, Garoppolo, he. Didn't really get done. But Matt Breida, though. Matt Breida looked very good. It looks like uh, he could be another steal if he wins 0RB late. He's one of my favorite late-round running back targets. I, I'm happy to have him in half of my leagues I got. So hopefully you guys got your shares of him. Uh, he, I'd keep playing him in moving forward just because he has the receiving work locked down from Alfred Morris, and he looks capable as a runner now. 
What about Goodwin's injury, Matthew? Yeah, Goodwin got banged up in week one. He had a quadriceps contusion, which they're calling um, a deeper contusion. Essentially, when that happens, it's, it's, he took a, a shot directly to the thigh. So it's literally a bruise to the muscle, um, which can cause micro tearing in the muscle. and can cause a little bit of swelling and bruising. Um, and if it's severe enough, it can be pretty limiting and painful. Um, it's one of those things that generally takes a couple of weeks to get get right and get healthy. He didn't practice at all heading into week two, so it, it tells me that he's probably not at a point where he's going to be ready for week three. If he is, I'll be pretty surprised. Um, I think week four, week five is more of a realistic target for him to return back into the, the offense. So you mean I got to sit him again? <laughs> In two potentially, weeks. Potentially. Yeah, mostly. And especially for a guy like him where – um, he relies so much on his speed and explosiveness. That's a factor for sure when they consider whether or not they're going to play him, right? Because of the fact that that quad isn't 100% and you rely on that for, for sprinting, obviously, um, and jumping and all that kind of stuff. So if he can't do everything that he needs to, he might be playing, especially if they do play him early, at less than 100%, which might limit his ability to get deep, which he does so well. Right. There's that. Uh, next game we're talk about is uh, Washington versus Indianapolis. Andrew Luck so far has the lowest average left to target. I don't know what's happening there. I think it's like five yards, which is insane. Maybe it's a shoulder. Uh, I don't know if you get to speak on that behalf if he's still trying to test it out or not, Matthew. Uh, I think he's going to start throwing deeper balls soon. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is necess- necessarily a result kind of of his shoulder. I think that this is a plan that the Colts have set in place to make sure that Luck gets through the season and gets through getting acclimated back into the offense uh, without any miscues or setbacks. So I think it's a very, very smart decision from the medical staff and from the team in general. Um, this was kind of their plan all along, is to ease him back into action, get his confidence back with quick, short throws where he gets a lot of completions. Um, you mentioned the short average depth of target. I see that as more of something that's going to grow as the season goes by. Um, but it's going to be gradual and it's going to slowly start to build over the next couple of weeks. So I'm not concerned about it. I actually prefer that they do this in terms of a, an injury perspective. Yeah, so sure. uh, from what I've seen from Luck, he's looked pretty decent in his action. So I'm, uh, I'm happy to see him back out there and play. Yeah, well. I was surprised about T.Y. Hilton had 11 targets, seven catches. I did not know he had 11 targets. Uh, I'm still Team Doyle or Team Ebron. You know, I think they're both going to be decent this season in top 15 Doyle had one more target than Ebron but didn't get a touchdown where Ebron got a touchdown again so hopefully as the average that the target increases you'll see some more targets go to Doyle in the end zone I think Doyle is still a great weekend week out starters because he has to target the floor and the running back situation Marlon Mack is just bad he had 10 carries for 31 yards where Wilkins had 10 carries for 61 yards so please get the ball to Wilkins more if you're listening Frank Reach just please (laughs) (laughs) He listens to the podcast, yeah, so. right? He's one of our loyal <laughs> listeners. He's <laughs> so. I agree with you. Give him the ball. I agree with you. Not much they can really do there. Uh, they they like Mac for some reason. They used all four. Hines stole a touchdown, which I thought was weird to put him in at the goal line, but they did that. <laughs> and then, yep. So he got that other side of the ball, though. My dad and I made a bet last week in our start sets episode <laughs> of what running back for Washington would have more fancy points, and I knew I was going to win that. That I don't know why you took that one. You said Adrian Peterson. I said Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson with 13 catches. Was, There's definitely a more valuable oh, back. 100%. 100%. <laughs> I got to make them bets. We got to make it interesting. <laughs> right? both, both 
did good in week one, so they're on the same team. So we, we took 14 a 14 targets for Chris Thompson, 13 catches, 92 yards, basically Christian McCaffrey Jr. And if you got him later after the guy's news, like I tried to do in uh, two leagues, then you're looking real hot right now. Uh, Peterson didn't look so hot. Uh, geez. I turned back into a pumpkin. What, what is with you and this pumpkin saying, dude? <laughs> I don't know. What, what does I don't that know. Mean? I think it just means he turned into a pumpkin. Like That means he had a decent week one, and then he had 11 <laughs> carries for 20 yards this week. So he I'm, I'm going to add that to the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> I like it. I'm going to start using it. <laughs> um, Jordan Reed with another decent outing. That's the biggest. That's the best news right there. Through two weeks, he's still healthy. <laughs> Eight targets, six catches, fifty-five yards. It's because he was doing that weird stretching on the sideline of week one, whatever that was, the hip thrusting. I don't know. I'm not gonna. If it keeps him healthy, it's nice to see him. You know, at least not hurt. Not hurt right now. Uh, Jameson Crowder, though. Yeah, absolutely. As long as Jordan Reed's on the field, um, he's a, a top five play at the tight end position because we know of his talent. The concern is. When is it going to happen? Because we know it's it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when he, he actually does get banged up and get injured. But I, I hope that guy can play 16 games. It'd be great to see him the full season. Yes, yeah. um, Doxon was second in the team in targets with eight. I was a little surprised. Or third in the team in targets with seven behind uh, Chris Thompson and Jordan Reed. Uh, I was a little surprised about that. Paul Richardson had six. And then Crowder only had three. I don't, I don't understand what's going on there. Four, actually. So Alex Smith must. I think he's got a connection with. Thompson, which is weird to say, but it looks like that's how it's going to be all season long. So, moving on from that game, next game we're going to go to is Oakland and Denver. I'm happy as an Amari Cooper truther. Finally got a good game out of him. Uh, he did not drop one ball, <laughs> which is always a good sign. Uh, he had 10 targets, 10 catches, 116 yards. You think this is going to keep going, Matthew, or do you think uh, you think John Gruden finally realized that in order to put some points on the board and maybe not win a game, but you had to target Amari Cooper. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was kind of like the, the narrative going into the whole off season and into the start of the season was the fact that John Gruen's wide receiver one always puts up more than a thousand yards and is productive. So I definitely bought into, into that narrative. I own Cooper a lot. Um, I'm not going to lie. I got really gunshot after week one and I actually sat oh, on this no. past week everywhere <laughs> that I had him. And that's the issue with Amari Cooper, right? Is that this is what he does. Um, so I hope that this continues and I actually think that it will. I think that when you look at what the, the Oakland Raiders have played in the first two weeks, they played, you know, the Denver Broncos and then the LA Rams, who you could argue are the two best secondaries, um, in the NFL. So, uh, I think brighter days are ahead for Mari Cooper in general and for that Oakland offense as yeah. well. Um, Jared Cook, he still got some targets. It looks like he's, he's not going to do his normal week one stint and then disappear. It looks like uh, Gruden wants him involved in the offense. Four targets, not a lot, but I believe it was, it was second most on our team, tied for second most on our team, and he caught all four of them. Marjan Lynch put another solid day together, 18 carries, 65 yards, and a touchdown. So we'll definitely take those. Yeah, if he, I mean, if, if he gets a touchdown every game, so far he's got one in both games. I mean, he's, he's going to get you yeah, some Jalen Richard, no targets. Um, maybe it's game script dependent. So if it's a close game, they're not going to put him out there. And then other side of the ball, Denver. Royce Freeman, Dad, what's going on there? Uh, hey, Philip Lindsay's taking the show over right there. I don't know. He had Mutter. 107 yards on 14 carries, and he caught a ball for four yards. I mean, he's got just under 200 yards rushing now in the first two games. Yeah. Um, I didn't see that coming. I don't think a lot of people seen that coming because the big talk was Booker, Booker, yeah, think, Booker. 
everyone said, no, Royce is the man. Royce is the man. I look at what, what Phillips doing. Yeah, yeah. You buying the Philip Lindsay hype, Matthew? I think I'm buying it now. It's two weeks in a row, and they're promising to use it more often. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you have to. I I agree with you guys, and I know that, Paul, you were huge on Royce Freeman heading into I the was. season. Um, and I own Royce in a couple of spots, but unfortunately, I have to admit, I am a little concerned about that. Um, I think that Philip Lindsay has shown enough that he at least deserves uh, an even time split with Freeman moving forward. And they've mentioned they're going to kind of ride the hot hand. So this is a backfield that I think will probably a little be a little frustrating to own either one of these guys. Um, but I do, I do buy into that hype a little bit. I did not see that coming. I think we're eventually starts. I was, I was real high on Royce Freeman. <laughs> yeah. See, the moral of the story. But I did pick up, I did pick up Philip last week on, on waiver wires. Good job. So do you own you own both backs in that backfield? Um, no, I don't own uh, Freeman. Yeah, my anything. dad got sniped. Oh, okay. <laughs> everybody, everybody stole him from me early on wow. too. So it wasn't even. All right, so maybe you're not that upset about this. No, this because thing. they've been listening to the podcast, so a couple times I got sniped when <laughs> I wanted to get him. <laughs> yeah. So I'll take I'll take uh, Philip in the waiver wire that I got. I'll take him and ride him. For yeah, I think what's going to eventually happen is that it's going to be Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay's show, and Booker's just going to get kicked out of it. Uh, the wide receivers here, Demarius Thomas got targets, and Sanders only got four, but he had four completions. I don't know why Case King didn't keep throwing to Sanders. He had 94 yards and four targets, and he caught every single one. And there was a stat out there I was reading Sunday during the games. It was saying when he didn't target Sanders, there was like so many like incompletions. So I don't know why he didn't keep targeting Sanders, but Sanders is a good hold. Demarius Thomas, he's all got some targets. He's a good hold. And Case Keenan looks to be decent and better than Trevor Simeon last year. So. Yep, I agree with you. Yeah, for sure. I think that Case Keenum is, is definitely an upgrade to that offense and uh, the pass catchers there. So I, I like both those guys moving forward in Manuel Sanders and uh, what's his name? Mary Thomas. <laughs> it would have been, been nice. He only had, like, would you say, Justin, five catches, but he only had 18 yards. So I like this. And he, I think he dropped a few balls too. I'm trying to find it for you. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me. But yeah. it happens. Uh, next game we're talking about, it's, 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 it's time, Dad. It's the Keelan Cole season. Uh, uh, oh, did you see that grab he made? Oh, my. Oh. Uh, that one-handed grab. He's. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so, I'm so happy. Keelan Cole finally paid it out for me. Uh, I have seven catches on eight targets. Uh, keep targeting Blake Bortles, please. I'm happy to have at least Keelan Cole in half my leagues. I didn't get him in the first league we did early on in the offseason because I wasn't really high on him. That's when Marquise Lee was there. But as soon as Marquise Lee went down, a lot of people started gravitating towards either Westbrook or Cole. I was on the Cole side. Westbrook had a good game too, uh, heavily influenced by that one touchdown uh, catch and run he had. Yeldon looks awful. I'll say that. Um, I was surprised to see that. So they need Fournette back, I guess. But they win games without Fournette. They're 4-0 in the four games. Fournette hasn't played. So I don't know there. I think it's probably the pass-catching thing if, I mean, I don't know. Fournette doesn't really get used there. Sony Michelle, though. We uh, go back to the Leonard Fournette thing. Is Leonard Fournette going to play this week? Uh, Matthew, you think they're going to send him out one more week? Because I know it takes two weeks for it to fully recover from a hamstring strain. Yeah, the hamstring strain, the issue is the biggest risk for re-injury is in those first two weeks. So um, I'm not sure if he's going to be out there this week. He didn't do much in terms of practice last week, which is never a good sign leading into the following week. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them sit him again um, and for his long-term health to make sure that this doesn't linger throughout the rest of the season. It would be smart of them to do so. So um, I, if I had to bet, I would say that he's probably not going to play given that he didn't practice last yeah. week. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see what the practice And as a fantasy say. owner, you, you want to see 
them sit him. That's where I'm at. I have Fournette in the league, and I want to see them sit him. That way, he's not gonna hopefully run into this problem later in the year. That's that's I don't know. That's, yeah, yeah, for sure. This is this is an injury that could definitely linger till week eight or nine if they keep trying to make him play through it. So sit him, rest him, let him come back yeah. healthy. And the other side of the ball, I'm mean, I'm so happy a Patriots lost. I I'm, I'm like, uh it's just great, <laughs> but uh. Sony Michelle, 10 carries, 34 yards. I was surprised he got more carries. Burkhead looked like he disappeared. He didn't really play that much, uh, probably because of the injury he was dealing with all week. And James White, lots of catches, as you expected. And finally, the one week you tell me to sit Chris Hogan that I sit him in every single league I have, and he has two touchdowns on three catches. Yeah, I know. So now I catches. But the biggest takeaway I didn't really want to talk about earlier for the Josh Gordon signing for me was that it's Chris Hogan season season now. I think it's going to help him out a lot by hopefully letting him do his thing and not having the top corner on him, and they're probably going to put the top corner on Josh Gordon. And I, I hope whenever even when Adam comes back, Hogan's going to be fine. He's a decent buy right now, buy low. Um even after a two-touchdown game, people are still trying to sell him. I got an offer. Well, I have in all the leagues, but my friend told me he got an offer for Chris Hogan, and I said, you got to try to get that guy. I don't know why you wouldn't, but are you selling Hogan? Are you holding Hogan? Or are you buying Hogan, Matthew? Uh, if I have him, I'm holding, and if I can go acquire him, I'm definitely buying. I like yeah, him a lot. Chris Hogan. Uh, Gronk. What, what, what is up with Gronk? Like, what, what, what happened there? Two you catches one for 15 catch? yards. I'm mad. I'm Three not catches. happy about that. I don't get it. I don't understand. Uh, hey, it was his. his it was Jim, Jimmy Graham's time to shine and his to go backwards. <laughs> no. Yeah, this is uh, this is gonna be a one week thing. He'll be he'll be just if fine. You could, next if you week could somehow forward. buy Gronk, and you have uh, Travis Cow, I'd trade Travis Cow and someone else for Gronk. Uh, I mean, it's a little risky now seeing how good Mahomes is doing, but I like to trust that Gronk's gonna finish better and Travis Kelce ended the season. Tight end. Well, like Matthew said, he's not gonna he's not gonna no, do that. Tight everybody. end's very he's ugly right now. It's it's really just just disgusting. But even your studs like Kels week one had was it two catches for six yards, and then Gronk week two had two catches for fifteen yards. So they both look to be fine, and I'm not worried about that. Uh, two games to go. Giants Cowboys. I don't want to really talk about it because it makes me sad. Uh, Barkley looks to be like getting all catches, and they don't know how to target Odell Beckham. They like targeting Cody Latimer. It's great. So that, that's that's what I got from there. Yeah, their Dallas defense was strong again. Oh, Giants I mean, offensive line was. When I watched, I was so excited to watch that game. When I turned it on, Prescott threw a 64-yard touchdown to Devon Austin on the third play of the game. I'm like, here we go again. And then Eli Manning gets sacked six times. You see the looks on his face; they're all over the internet. It's like I got to do this for 14 more games with this offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had he had no room to do nothing. It's it's, it's not nothing. Good. I know they were talking about signing Will Beatty. I think it was. I lost the notification. It makes me sad. I don't know. I don't know. Saquon's a good if, if you got him early on. He's not putting up the good numbers because offensive line can't make any room for him. And he's like, I think the I don't know what the percentage was. I saw a something on Twitter says like Saquon avoided the first tackle like eighty two percent of the time against the Cowboys. Like that's insane. So this guy, if you put him behind a good offensive line, which is not going to happen in the next two years for the Giants, probably then he could easily get a hundred yards per game. But He's going to get a catching floor that he's going to get you at least 10 fantasy points a week. Odell is still a hold. I don't know if you've ever considered selling him. Um, hopefully, Pat Schumer gets it figured out once they gel a little more. Not too concerned about that. And then Dallas side, everyone sucks except for Zeke. And Zeke's going to get carries and just do that. But like the Dallas offense is disgusting, and that, I'm mad that we lost to him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel for you guys. <laughs> I can see it. In the, in the faces and the frustration in uh, your voice. Uh, yeah, it's 
It's ugly, man. <laughs> it's, it's definitely ugly in Dallas. Um, I think we, we can all agree on that, right? And Eagles fan and, and Giants fans, we can agree that it's ugly down there in yeah, Dallas. Yeah. We're lucky. Um, it's a but yeah, I mean, the, the pass catching options and, and in general, the offense is really concerning outside of Zeke. I mean, if there's anyone that is still holding out hope for Cole Beasley or for uh, Alan Hearns, I mean, don't waste your time. Mm-hmm. Move on and, and get something else because it's not yeah, happening. It doesn't look like it. Uh, last game we're going to do. Uh, another bet I won. I'm on two out of two bets this week. Dad. That's crazy, isn't it? Well, we had to make another one on the same game. Unfortunately, I got the wrong end. Of I that said uh, Tyler Lockwood <laughs> had more fancy points than Brendan Marshall. My dad offered that one. I was surprised by that. So it was looking bad for me. Then all of a sudden, that touchdown happened. I was like, oh, I won it. That's the only reason why you won was because of that touchdown. I'll take it. Because uh, Marshall was getting targeted early. I, I'm like, yeah, here I go. To give it up for the Bears defense. The Bears defense looked really good. Yeah, the Bears. De- I mean, Russell Wilson, another one. He didn't have time to do anything. Yeah, I mean, I was on the narrative after that Giants game of saying if we had a running quarterback, we'd be fine. But it turns out if we had a running back <laughs> no. quarterback, we saw Russell Wilson still got sacked a lot. So it doesn't really matter, apparently. So um, Chris Carson apparently got gassed. <laughs> As an NFL running back, got gassed with, through two quarters because he played special teams. And then Penny got some carries. He had 10 carries that game. Uh, it looks like whenever Baldwin comes back, I think Marshall's going to be one taking the hit and Lockett's going to still have a role. Uh, Will Disley caught a garbage time touchdown. Any takeaways from the Seattle side of the ball, Matthew, that you have? I kind of buy into the whole Chris Carson situation more than just him being gassed. I mean, in the second half, it was all Rashad Penny, which I've been a Penny truther because yes. he came out of, of college. So I'm excited to finally see him get a chance. Pete Carroll, though, I mean, you, you just can't ever trust anything that this guy says. Um, so who knows what's going to happen with Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. It's it's encouraging to see Penny get some work. Um, but as you guys have already touched on, that offensive line is top three worst in the league, I would say. Um, and, and you just can't you can't run behind him, and, and Russell Wilson has no time. So um, definitely a stash and, and maybe pick up and see what happens for Rashad Penny, but I'm not starting him anytime <laughs> no, definitely soon. Definitely not. Um... And then David Johnson has the Bears this coming week. So that Bears defense is... Fire up your Bears defense. Oh, That's all I got to say. Bears defense. I'm happy. I own them every single league. I'm happy. Happy, happy, happy. Khalil Mack, I was, I was... I want a jersey. I'm not even a Bears fan, but I feel like having a Khalil Mack jersey would just be cool. At this point. <laughs> at this point. <laughs> in it, um, but the Bears offense, Trubisky doesn't have arm strength. And I one throw deep down the right side onto Allen Robinson. I think... I could make that. I mean, maybe. I don't know how long it was. It 45 yards? I don't know. I feel. I, I don't know. I, that was just a bad throw, but Trubisky turned into having a decent game. He had two touchdowns. Um, a big, my biggest buy low target is Allen Robinson. This guy has been up there with target share, and he had a good game yesterday, but you could probably still acquire him the cheapest you can for the rest of the season here. Uh, Howard didn't get a lot of work there. I don't really know what's going on there, but Nagy came out saying today they have to get Howard more carries, and Cohen looks to be a non-factor. These Drew's first two weeks, which is a little shocking. Um, Trey Burton. Yeah, I would have never thought that yeah. either. But Alan Robinson's my biggest buy low. Um, you agree with that, you two? Or? Yeah, he got targeted a lot in this game. He looked good. Yeah, I think I think I agree with that. I'd be willing to go out and, and see what the owner wants for him. Um, I'm kind of concerned about the offense, though, in general. When you look at kind of what they've done through two weeks, there's a clear distinction that this offense can't push the ball down the field, which that's how Robinson thrived when he was with Jacksonville and had that career year with Bortles. Um, 
So if if that's not going to happen, I don't know what his upside really is. Uh, I certainly love him as a wide receiver too, uh, and I hope that that role continues to grow for him. I will say, in terms of one guy that I'm very worried about is is Trey Burton. Um, I was high on him coming into the season. I still like him as a player, but he's been open multiple times and is running routes that are down the field, but Trubisky is not looking his way and is not looking to push the ball down the field. So if that continues, Trubisky might limit uh, the upside of that offense. In Burton's general. a good sell high. I mean, he had a touchdown that saved his day. It was three a touchdown. So, I mean, I wouldn't, like, if you can get someone cheap for him, and I, I didn't mention it earlier, but Kyle Rudolph's a really good sell high. He got lucky because of the close game in the overtime, but I'd, I'd sell him. He's at a 15.4% targets. So, I, I don't know. But actually, he's just tried at 12% this year. Last year, he had 15%, and Treadwell was looking to get more out of the offense. He's in our cell. Burton's a cell. These tight ends just are awful. Like, I don't even know what to do with a tight end anymore if he didn't have one of the top three. No, it's not a good year for tight ends right now. But guys that we were all high on in preseason just uh, haven't really done no, much. No, not really, yeah. I will say, one of my favorite targets right now, one of my favorite strategies, I should say, um, to do is try to package one of these guys, like a Trey Burton, with another wide receiver two or wide receiver three, if you can, to go get Kelsey or go get um, Gronk. I, I would aggressively be willing to do that because of how bad the tight end position is. I want someone I can start and rely Even on. Ertz, Ertz seems to be getting targets too. So the, one of the big three, definitely for sure. Like I agree with that. I'm surprised uh, I didn't really talk about it, but Titans game, Johnny Smith didn't get any targets. I think it's going to change as the season goes on, hopefully. Uh, and the last thing I want to mention about this whole Bears game is that Jordan Howard, one drop pass on the whole year, not drop pass, one non completed pass for him i think he has eight catches on nine targets so it looks like he fixed his catching problem there <laughs> maybe he's in the jugs machine he's man it's machines working at the practice every day catching 100 balls whatever it was <laughs> anthony miller caught a touchdown that was good to see uh hopefully they keep using him more and more in the season uh this bears offense still has to connect a little bit but it's only week two young quarterback new offensive scheme I don't want to overreact about any of these people, but that sums up for all the games this week. I don't think I missed any games. Hope not. All right, no, we got no. them all. <laughs> That's good. Uh, big shout out to Matthew for coming on for a third time, three time guest now. Yes, thank you, Matthew. Yeah, for sure, guys. It was great to be on again. And you know, anytime you guys need a guest, I'm always willing to come on and, and talk football uh, with you guys. It's always a blast. Right, we appreciate that. And where can they find you on Twitter and what, like your podcast and articles you write and all of that? Yeah, so I do um, a lot of writing for the fantasy footballers. I do a lot of injury analysis for them. Um, I also write for Dynasty Nerds and do a weekly injury report, like heading into the into the weekend, highlighting all the guys on the injury report. Um, and then as far as what I do in terms of podcasting, uh, I do a podcast with some other fantasy footballer writers, um, as well as a writer from the Fantasy Authority. We have our pod called the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, and you all can find me on Twitter at the Fantasy yeah, PT. I have that link in the description below. Their podcast definitely worth a listen. Um, I've noticed since I've had school and stuff, I haven't listened as many, but I still try to listen to at least three or four. And there's, that's one of the four right there. So there it is, right there. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I really yeah, appreciate no that. Um, once again, thanks for coming on. Take your time of your day. Hopefully, this wasn't too long for our listeners to, to get the whole recap and some buy lows and sell a high targets and the good tight end strategy. Try to get Kels, Gronk, or Ertz right now with. Uh, the sell highs. So thank you again. Don't forget Run Jimmy Graham. Go, Go out and sell Graham. Jimmy Graham. Drop him. Honestly, this But <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll weeks. see what happens. Uh, thanks for coming on, Matthew. Yeah, thanks guys. Thank you, Matthew. See you guys. All right, guys. Yeah, big shout out to Matthew once again for coming on for a third time. Uh oh, he didn't get sick of us after the first two, so that's a good sign that right. 
No, that's a great sign. I mean, he's a great guy to have on. He's full of knowledge about people, yeah, all the injuries that the football insane. players have and give us some wisdom on what to do with them, when to sit them, how much longer they're, they're going to be out. And it's really good. Really helpful. Uh, so go make sure you follow him on Twitter at the fantasy PT. Follow me on Twitter at Justin FSFF. Let me know if you guys use our discount code FSFF at the quantage.com. And let me know if you guys win some money. Cause I've won money the past two weeks using it. And it's definitely great. And I stand by it. Elliot knows what he's doing. You got Derek, who's also on our show. Who's also a writer for him. So uh, go check that out. And I hope you guys stay tuned and listen to it. Rate the podcast. If you haven't already, we read out all five star reviews and subscribe if you're new. That's right. All right. So yeah, we'll see you for a week. Three start sets next episode.